If the saying is true that life is the sum of the decisions you make, then what happens when a major life change occurs that wasn't your choice? Hi, and welcome to Think Well, Think Better. I'm your host, Tom Latona. I'm an artist, a writer, and a storyteller. And in April 2020, amid the global COVID pandemic, I was unexpectedly diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. The timing of these two major life events have helped to reshift my thinking and reshape my mindset as I move forward into a confusing world on the outside while managing an unpredictable autoimmune disease on the inside. Think Well, Think Better is a podcast aimed to raise awareness for those in the MS community and to serve as a source of support and inspiration, not just for those whose lives are impacted by this confusing and devastating illness, but for anyone who could benefit from making personal improvements in their lives. Think Well, Think Better is a story of overcoming obstacles and of reinvention, told through the unique lens of my life, and I share it with the hopes that it might help others along their journey. So join me as we discuss a wide range of topics aimed at personal self-development and share strategies to help face life's challenges with a more informed and improved way of thinking. Change starts in the mind, and if one wishes to think well, then let's start thinking better. All right, there's a lot to discuss. Let's get to work. Hi, everyone, and welcome back for another episode of Think Well, Think Better, Living Well with MS. Hope everyone is having a fantastic day today, and thanks for joining me. We're going to just press right on with this series that we're doing on the 10 facets of life. So far, we've covered three, and in my opinion, are the three most important ones, to which I call the, uh, what did I call it, the triple crown (laughs) of wellness. Um, But that is, you know, the hierarchy of things in, in in my world. And this might not uh, be applicable for you, but for my world, it it goes very much in order of health, uh, purpose, and then orbit. Um, Once I started to get those three things understood, at least, mapped out, charted out, laid out in front of me, I saw it for what it was, um, I noticed that things started kind of clicking a little bit better for me. So this is all based on this little drawing I did of the 10 facets. And I started going through and and isolating each little particular topic and then coming up with a game plan of what I need to do, how I need to do it, and so forth. And we sort of already covered that. So if you've listened to the previous three episodes, you kind of have an idea of what's going on here. And I want to move forward with the fourth one. And this one I just picked in no particular order. This is just a random drop my finger down on the page and I uh, came up with the environment uh, as one of the 10 facets. So environment is obviously a huge deal. The environment is where you are, what's around you, um, what is, what has access to you and what you have access to. Okay, so what you might start understanding or seeing at this point is that that very much will feel a lot like the orbit that you have, you know, number three on that list of, of hierarchy. Um, and there's, there's something to be said there because, because this was drawn out in a wheel fashion, you might notice that 
if you start with your health, but that, you know, starts to influence what your mission is and that influences what your orbit is. And all of a sudden you realize that's not one thing at a time, but they kind of go across and interconnect with each other. And sometimes your career, for instance, and your circle of friends might influence your health and vice versa. So it's it's fluid and it's loose and it's um, kind of confusing at times, <clears throat> even for me in my own head. Imagine the joy I get when I sit down and try to formulate this into some sort of cohesive uh, conceptual idea that I'm speaking uh, about right now, it gets even more confusing. I, you know, <laughs> I'm aware how confusing it is at times, um, but we plow through, we, we, we just keep working at it. And um, hopefully this is one step in the right direction of better understanding. Um, so what it, what is your environment? Well, <clears throat> again, this sort of dovetails right into your orbit, you know, because in my opinion, the environment is are, are, are the people, the places and the things that surround you and that you surround yourself with. Okay, so this could mean a lot of things for a lot of different people. You could go macro and you could go micro with this. Okay, so you could say, well, I live in a city. Okay, well, that's your environment. It's an urban environment. If you live out in the country, for instance, you have a rural environment that you live in. But even within that, what does your household look like? Who do you live with? Who uh, comes freely in and out of your house because, you know, they live there? Um, are there pets? Is it a noisy neighborhood? Is it not a house for some reason that's always stuffy and hot? Or is it on the colder side? Um, these things, you don't think about it until you have to. Um, but they do play influentially into your your well-being at least in my case uh, specifically with ms um, i have very little good things to say about a lot of heat <laughs> uh, my body just is you know, I, I just get heat fatigue it's intolerant of, of extreme heat so i tend to keep my household at a lower temperature uh, and this applies for where i work as well um, i don't want to be in a house that's hot that has like a 70 degree heat um even in the dead of winter i keep it at a balmy 61 uh, and i sleep with a fan on i would much rather be colder and bundle up than just be hot and feel oppressed by it um so but that's like a microcosm of i never thought of that before i never really gave a lot of mental energy towards you know what what is the temperature in this house what is what is this you know um but this is the learning curve. This is, uh, this is where we find ourselves. So um, the people and the places and the things that surround you and surround yourself with. Um, that, to me, is your environment. Now, in the case of people, I've already kind of touched on this a number of times. So I'm not going to go heavy into this one right now. Um, other than to just reinforce the idea that as a general rule for everyone... Um, you should be avoiding the energy drainers in your life, you know, those dishonest, non-forthright, one-way relationships that, let's face it, everyone has it. There's someone in your life that just, you have to make the first phone call, you know, you have to go out of your way first, it's always on their terms kind of thing, and 
if it works, it works. Um, but if you notice that it's not working, um, reevaluate it. Um, it doesn't mean you have to break up with a friend or have some huge falling out or anything, but you can distance yourself from people that, uh, you know, after you leave a social setting with them, you go to hang out with your buddy and you just feel like drained afterwards. It shouldn't be like that. You know, the people in your life should be there to help you, support you, encourage you, lift you up when you're down. And if every interaction you have with them uh, starts to feel almost painful and uncomfortable, um, that would be a good indication to go ahead and just look at that exactly for what it is and maybe uh, reevaluate it. Maybe have a conversation or maybe just give it a little space and see, you know, what the what is. Um, But those are the things that, uh, as far as people go in environment, if you're going to hang out with somebody, you're going to be around someone, you're going to allow someone to have access to you and your energy, you have to have your guard up. You have to know what their intentions are, uh, which is not an easy thing to get through. Um, But I would dare say that if someone can't be forthright with you and just tell you exactly where they're at at that moment of time, um, how much energy are you going to put into that? I'm personally done playing guessing games with people. I will straight up ask them straightforward questions. And if I'm getting a runaround or humming and hawing, um, that's that's kind of your answer right there. You know, and this goes for romantic relationships, friendships, uh, business relationships, whatever the case might be. All relationships should be built on a foundation of trust and respect mutually between both people, both parties. And if you find yourself on the end of it where you're fighting for a response or just common basic decency, if you're fighting for just that, get out of that, whatever it is. That's not your environment. You won't thrive there. You will be miserable there. You probably already are miserable in that environment. Get out of it as soon as you can. Um, Easier said than done, of course, but being aware of it is always the first step. Um, As far as the places in your life, uh, I've sort of broken it down to just three broad topics. I have home, work, and play. Um, So I could talk a little bit right now about my home life, um, but it's not very exciting. (laughs) Just just warning you ahead of time. I don't lead a a terribly exciting life, and my house reflects that. Um, I like my house quiet. I like it cold, as I already mentioned, and I like it filled with plants and books, and that's about it. Um, I have a very minimalist approach to living. I don't need a lot of things, and I don't want a lot of things. I don't want to wake up and and see messes and clutter um, because that just messes up my my thinking, and it clutters my brain, and um, I think I talked about this once before. I, I, I always try to build these little systems of remembering things and jotting down notes. And then I, you know, forget that I wrote a note. (laughs) Um, So a new system needs to be implemented where I write notes and remember them and I put them in places where I'll see them. And that would be harder to do if I was putting a note on a pile of envelopes or mail or junk or something. Uh, It just seems to sort of camouflage itself in. So the more Spartan I can live, the better. Um, I do like artwork. I like having things I can look at. But I also enjoy blank walls. Um, I just like to stare at a blank wall for a couple minutes every day and just 
zone out on that. Um, so for me, plants and books are the only things I really like having in my house, um, other than food. But other than that, um, the tchotchkes and the doodads and the gifts along the way, while I cherish them immensely, they're dust collectors, you know. So I would rather be collecting memories than collecting dust. And at some point, you either have to just get rid of stuff, donate it, throw it away, whatever the case might be, or put it in a storage area. Kind of out of sight, out of mind. That's a tricky one because you still own it technically, but you're not looking at it. Sort of what's the use, you know? Um, so if I put something in storage, it's because I have intentions on using it down the road, like real intentions, not those like that thing where like every guy has that one piece of wood that's hanging around his garage because you never know. And then it's there for 20 years and he finally uses it and never shuts up about it. You know, um, that's just, you can get rid of that wood. There's more wood, but some things are just not so easy to replace, especially if they were gifted from a friend or someone you really care about. And you don't want to just disrespect that memory by throwing it away. Something's got to be done. Well, okay. I don't have the necessary answer for that, but if you find yourself living with a lot of clutter in your house and you're looking to whittle that down a little bit, I would point you in the direction of a podcast. Uh, the couple of guys that call themselves the minimalists, um, and they they talk pretty extensively about not only their story and and how they became minimalists, but they give uh, a lot of advice and and techniques and strategies to how to declutter your house. Um, it might not be exactly your thing, but I'm sure you could drive something from what they're talking about. I think they're pretty spot on in a, on a lot of things um, with their their mission in life. So good for you guys. Um, what else do we have? Places. We already did that. We have home. We have work. So work, I, I could talk about my work, but I don't know listener. I don't know what you do necessarily. And I do understand not everyone has the choice to dictate what their work environment looks like. I'm fortunate. I do. I'm self-employed. I, I have my own studio. So uh, it's always up to me if it's, and if it's clean and it's orderly, that's because I cleaned and I ordered it. Um, if it's messy, it's because I didn't, it's on me. Um, that's my responsibility. I could also keep it at certain temperatures and make it the way I want it. I could listen to music. I could not listen to music. Um, I, I'm very lucky in the way that I, I have that sort of continuation where I can make my workspace feel a lot like my home space uh, in a lot of respects. So what works at home works at work. And what works at work works at home, usually about 90% of the time. And then the third one is play, um, which, again... This this will probably make more sense once we cover the other facet that I have of interest and hobbies because it depends on what you're into. Um, I don't know. Like if you go if you're into bowling and you're in a bowling league, you're gonna see the the you know bowling in, a, in, a, in an alley with a bunch of people and and your league and you know that kind of folds back into the people thing. Like are the people on your team annoying? Are they negative people? Are they drinking too much or, you know, I mean, I don't know. I don't have an answer here. I'm just trying to break this down, but I, you could see how like just in talking and thinking about what your environment looks like, it's not just 
um, oh, I live, you know, here. It's it's more than that. It's literally down to the kind of toilet paper you use. Um, that's in your environment. That's something you can allow in. If you want double, triple ply or you want the cheapy ones and you want to say, well, I'm saving my plumbing, but really it's just because you're buying uh, single ply toilet paper. That's, you know, that's between you, you and your God. Um, but in my house, not to be gross, but I need a little cushion in my tushin. You know what I mean? So I splurge on toilet paper. That's an environmental decision that I make, not in the sort of Greenpeace way, but, you know, in my environment uh, decision. Bringing in plants into my house helps the air quality. It cools my house appreciatively, and I just love plants, and I have um, quite a few, to be honest with you. So it keeps me busy uh, watering them. I'm constantly walking around the house and watering and, and tinkering with my plants. So that's part of my environment. When you walk in my home, um, it feels very calming. It's very relaxed. It's very quiet. Um, there's not a lot of agitation or noise. The TV is rarely on and music doesn't play in my house unless it's in my headphones. I just don't want that in my house. And um, that's part of building your own environment is taking what's there, looking at it and getting rid of the things you don't need anymore. Letting go. Observe it. Look at it. Appreciate it. Show it gratitude for what it once served for you, and then let it go. Let it go exist somewhere else. Um, the things in your life, that's, that's an easily, easily controllable thing. And, um, and what do I mean by that? I kind of already touched on it. Like, what are you bringing into your house? If, if every time you go out to run errands, you come in with three or four grocery ba or bags and you have stuff versus like household items, you know, if, if stuff makes you happy, that's cool. Uh, but if you find that you don't need stuff or you come home after buying it and you just, you don't feel any different about it, like you didn't really need a, a second blender, but you bought it because it was on sale, you might want to look into the fact that you're using it as a shopping as some sort of addiction to cover up something that's not being addressed. And I'm sure a licensed therapist can kind of help explain that or work, help you work through that as well. Um, but, you know, a lot of people have shopping addictions. There's, it's so easy today to just click add to cart and, and you forget about it and then you buy it and two days later it's on your front porch and, and you don't know why you have this thing because it was three in the morning, you're drinking wine and you thought you needed this thing. Um, no judgment. I'm just saying, look at it. You know, if, you, if you're constantly tripping over stuff and you can't find anything because you have to move six things to find, uh, to open a drawer, um, you need to look at that and get yourself organized because an organized space is an organized mind and vice versa. So the things in your life, they very much uh, influence your, your environment as well. Um, and if it's where you live, just remember that you're not a tree. Even your plants can move. I mean, you can pick up a potted plant and move it. A tree has roots in the ground, and it's a whole pain in the ass. You plant a tree, it's there, right, for the most part. Um, but we are not trees. We are humans. We have legs and mobility, and we can move. You can literally move. You can move 
down the street, if you don't like your house or if you don't like your neighborhood, you can move to a different one. If you don't like your city, you can move to a different city. You can move anywhere on this planet Earth and maybe in a few years, Mars. I don't know. But for right now, we have Earth and you can generally go just about anywhere you want, more or less. I mean, don't think about going to Antarctica, though, because um, according to that guy in the YouTube video I watched earlier, that's where the ice wall is and therefore the edge of the flat earth that he really believes exists. And uh, you can't go there, he says. That's his proof that the earth is flat because you can't go to Antarctica to see the ice wall. Man, I love logic. Just really sets the record straight, doesn't it? Anyway, you can move. And easier said than done, of course, but... Recognizing that maybe you need a change of scenery isn't a terrible thing. Change is good. Change is great. You know it's going to be maybe uncomfortable and a pain in the ass to pack. But guess what? I have never moved and brought 100% of the stuff I had into the new place. It's like every time I moved, this is when I was younger and I moved like every year or so, um, I would just leave whatever I had. I didn't have much to begin with. And I would leave about half of it in the old apartment, which is kind of a dick move. I, I, I could admit to that. But, you know, what couches just would be left behind or TVs or I mean, half of my wardrobe was just from whoever lived in the house before me. I would just, hey, this is a cool shirt. I wear it. You know? <laughs> I didn't really care. Um, I was probably the freest I ever was when I was 19, 20, 21, 22, 23 years old. I didn't own much. And I didn't need much, and um, that felt really liberating for some reason. And then life happens, and you have a kid, and you know you live with someone else, and 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 you know stuff accumulates, and kids, and their toys, and their clothes, and every year it's you know more and more and more and more, and your basement starts filling up, and at some point your child grows up, and he's eighteen, and he's an adult, and you don't need building blocks anymore. I mean, you just really don't need them. He's not going to use them. I love the idea of, well, I'll save it because when you have kids, they'll play with it. But there's no guarantee of that. And I don't have the space and I don't want to look at old baby toys. I don't want to look at my toys anymore. Um, So I get it. It's tough. It's really tough. Uh, If you're a highly sentimental person, it's harder to get rid of things because you just see the value in everything. Um, I can't help you there other than to say it's okay to let things go. At best, take pictures of it, and then you have digital photographs of whatever that thing is, and that kind of works as a memory, um, and then get rid of the item. Um, like your kid's artwork from kindergarten, it's not great. They're, they're, they're scribbles, right? You keep one, you throw out the rest. Photograph them, make a file of it. But do you really need a drawer full of scribbly drawings? Probably not, would be my opinion. You might disagree. I'm not sure. Um, But I I truly believe, though, that until you can create your ideal environment, this new environment that you sit down, you you say, I don't need this, I, I need more of this, I need less of this, whatever that might be. Until you create that new environment, you will remain a product of the environment that you're in. And if that environment is good for you and it's beneficial, then by all means, just don't do anything. You don't need to. But if you can isolate something 
or some things that maybe need to change and you can't do in-house changes, so to speak, you might have to do new house changes. And whether that's literally moving apartments or being around different people or uh, removing certain things from your house, whatever the case might be. But that's what I mean by in-house versus outhouse, which now sounds like I'm talking about outdoor plumbing and old school toilets. You know what I mean? Not outhouse, but out of the house, whatever. I don't want to get hung up on that. Um, but those external influences, whatever's around you, uh, will dictate either the highs or the lows of the future you. So if you're listening to this and you're like, wow, there's there's some genuine motivation here to maybe get a couple things in my life in order, you start looking at what does the future you need? As much as we discussed in, in a previous episode of like, especially when you're newly diagnosed, I, I said something to the effect of, Take a breath and then figure out exactly what you need in that moment. Um, You could apply that same thing to here. What does your future self need? Do you need seven spatulas? If you cook a lot and you do need seven spatulas, then keep seven spatulas. If you realize that seven seems like an egregious number of spatulas to have, maybe get rid of five, maybe, you know? Um, what do you need and what can you afford to get rid of? I love my library. I love my plants. That's really all I need. Um, I don't need a lot more and I have a lot of stuff. I have a lot of Lego. I have a lot of Star Wars memorabilia and I'm start, uh, I've been kind of going through it all and looking at it and saying, although I enjoy this, I'm going to borrow from Marie Kondo real quick. Um, it doesn't spark joy. But it does collect dust and it's in the way, you know, and there are things in my house even still to this day that I have to move one thing to get to another thing. And for me, that's just too much layering. Um, I should be able to reach and grab whatever I need when I need it. And I don't need to go through a bunch of other clutter. Um, that's me. That's me. Uh, that's partly just how I'm sort of wired and it's especially in the last couple of years what I looked at and said what does future me need and I was like future me needs a really quiet house I don't like a lot of noise around me um, this is where I come to relax and do the things I need to do I I'm in charge of that I I have control over my environment and again that's a super empowering feeling when you feel like you have no empowerment to actually find out, oh, I have a lot of power here. I have a lot of control here. So, um, yeah, look into your environment and, and really just, I mean, take your time with it. Don't, don't delay on it, but, you know, really in-depthly look at it. And if it helps, maybe just set a box out somewhere in a corner and every day just grab one item that you're willing to get rid of and put in the box. If you could just make a habit of getting used to getting rid of things, then eventually you'll start saying, oh, I don't need this, I don't need this. And you can actually clear off whole shelves at the same time as opposed to uh, that sort of nervousness where you just you, you just don't, you can't commit to the decision, you know? Have you ever been there where you just, oh, I, I, I don't need this cracked bowl, but I remember when I bought it and somehow maybe I'll use it for something else. 
Well, yeah, I mean, if it's a bowl that is cracked and can't hold the liquid, it ceases to really work as a bowl as far as like liquids would be concerned. What's the point? What are you gonna? We're just gonna put spare parts of from an IKEA shelf in there. I mean, it just becomes a clutter holder. It's like your junk drawer. Did I say drunk drawer? Junk drawer. I'm not drunk. <laughs> I'm not junk either. Your junk drawer. Um, you know that when you pull out and there's like old um, charger cables and just shit you don't need. Again, why do you have that? Why do I have it? You know, I that that was me talking to myself. Like, why do I have this drawer full of shit? Like old Chinese takeout menus and you know, soy sauce packets and chopsticks. I don't need all this. It just accumulates, you know? So I think if um, you can find yourself actively working towards improving your environment, voila, guess what happens? You start, you know, sort of working at improving yourself as well. It's one of those amazing things that just sort of trickles in and it starts happening. And this is just one of the 10 um, but it's a huge one, too, uh, environments. Where you are is kind of who you are in a lot of ways. So if you could take an opportunity to take a look at that and really review it and slowly and systematically work your way towards uh, environments, not only in your home, but your workplace and, and where you go to relax or whatever your hobbies and interests are and the people that are involved in, the, in that, um, all of that will clean out your chi, so to speak, you know? It'll make you feel more at home when you're at home so you can be at home with yourself. Like truly at, at one with yourself and you're at one with where you live. Um, the, the fear, and this is a disclaimer that I want to put out there, is if you do this right, you might never leave your house again. I can attest to that. <laughs> I spend way more time at home than I do outside, but I like being home. I like my solitude. I have my books, and um, there's really nothing outside that is for me long term. It's also full of people, and people lately have just been so. Um, but do it at your pace. Do it with what makes sense to you. I am not advocating that you throw everything out and go live in a water barrel like Dionysus or something. Um, you know, do what feels right for you. Do what feels right for you in that moment with a consideration towards what future you might need. And you don't know exactly what you might need in six months or a year. If you're working at this, you're going to change and evolve quickly and rapidly but you have a pretty good idea right now what you are looking what you're looking to be in about six months or a year. And then start just working at that. And if you're really gun shy about donating or throwing stuff out, get a box and if you have a basement or a storage area, put it in there. Put it in the back of a of a closet. And that's actually really helpful too, because if you only have a closet for storage yeah, it forces you to really make decisions on, I can't fit everything in this closet. Like there's a space limitation. So I need to make some really hard line decisions on what I'm keeping and what I'm not. And that could be super beneficial as well. 
So none of this is a negative. It's always a positive. And again, it comes back to how you decide you want to perceive it and what your perspective is on the issue is it should not be a punishment to sort of get rid of things in your life. It should be your reward. You earned them, you bought them, you own these things, but do they own you? And that would be the big question. So good luck in whatever course of action you decide to take with that. And I hope that the next time we talk, you will be able to say, my environment is 1% better today because I took action on it. I hope you all have a great day. It's a wonderful day today. And um, just be good to yourselves. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Think Well, Think Better. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are intended for informational entertainment purposes only and should not be substituted for professional medical advice. I realize our time is our most valuable resource. So if you chose to spend yours with me today, thank you very much. And if you found this podcast helpful, please like and subscribe to be notified when new episodes are released. If you found value in this podcast, why not share it and recommend it with a friend to help grow and support awareness for the MS community? As always, you can join the conversation on Instagram at thinkwellthinkbetter underscore podcast or email me at thinkwellthinkbetter at gmail.com. Love you all. Until next time, take care of yourselves and each other.